Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's talk now to the only two-time Super Contest winner ever in Vegas, and he is uh, an expert when it comes to the world of sports gambling. joins me each and every week as the sports world continues to return in full force. We're going to have NFL football here soon enough. Steve Fezzik of Pregame.com, at Fezzik Sports, joining me. Uh, on the program as he does each and every week. Fez, it's good to talk to you as always. I want to start with NBA bubble playoff basketball. We, um, it, we, Since you and I talked last week, that's when the playoffs have gotten underway. Is there anything that we've learned in the first week of playoff basketball in a bubble that's made it either easier or more difficult to handicap than a normal series where there'd be the ebb and flow of trying to protect or steal home court advantage? I think the number one thing I took away the last couple days is how teams down 0-2 aren't getting that jolt of energy that they typically would get when they came back home. For years, that was a wise guy's um, betting technique that they would back in the first half, that team down 0-2. And then we saw Oklahoma City did manage to win in overtime, but they were down at halftime against Houston, down 0-2. So we haven't seen these 0-2 teams getting that – uh, great effort like we would have expected Indiana against Miami would have um, typically. So part of playing in the bubble, not going back to your home fans game three. Yeah, that, and, and even that, you brought it up, even that Oklahoma City game, they were very fortunate to, to for that game to even get to overtime because the Rockets just coughed that one away in the last minute. You know, that that's that's really that's really interesting, Fez. Um As far as the Rockets go, they have not played Russell Westbrook yet in this series. When Russell Westbrook comes back, I know that Oklahoma City was actually favored in game one of this series, and then the Rockets went on to win the first two games by double digits. How has that series sort of recalibrated, and what does Russell Westbrook mean once he's back on the court with the Rockets for this series? Well, you nailed it. I've upgraded the Rockets without Westbrook, and now the question is, should I be upgrading the Rockets, though, because... I had Westbrook worth three and a half points to the betting line, but the Rockets had played very well without him throughout the year, but small data sample. And then as well as the Rockets played, frankly, all three games. I know uh, Harden fouled out game three Mm -hmm. and they lose overtime, but uh, the Rockets have clearly exceeded expectations. However, are they going to get better when Westbrook comes back? Are they going to get significantly better? I'm not so sure. I think they'll get just a little bit better. I no longer think Westbrook is worth three and a half points to that team. Yeah, it's interesting. I, Fez, I was thinking the same thing watching the Rockets. I'm going, okay, you know, it, it, like on paper, it's silly to think that having Westbrook doesn't help you. But the Rockets did seem to find something. Like they seem to have found a sort of formula that's kind of worked in this series. They're still getting guys open for threes. I guess maybe Westbrook's value is that you don't have to worry about that second unit kind of collapsing at all if you've got an all-star on the floor at all times. Yeah, and Harden does need a break, and the deeper we go in the playoffs, the harder it's going to be for him to just carry that team in night in and night out. So it is critical for Westbrook you know, to come back long-term, maybe not so much for how the team will do on any one given night, but to keep Harden from wearing down completely. 
Is uh, who's the favorite right now? Has anything in this early week of the the postseason with the NBA uh, shuffled to the top of the deck where we know the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers are the three teams that are kind of out in front of everybody else? What's that look like right now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. To start the playoffs here, all three of the big three were three to one to win the title. No clear cut favorite, but based upon first three games, the Clippers have become the clear favorite. They're plus hmm. two fifty. Milwaukee's three to one, and the Lakers have slipped to plus three fifty. And frankly, that's more about. I know they're up two one against Portland, but if you've been watching these games, the Lakers just, for the most part, have not looked very good. Lakers struggled big time offensively in the first two games, and I know that uh, LeBron James looked very good in Game Three. And even with a solid effort, let's face it, they still only get by Portland by eight. And I think it's more about Portland not playing their A game than the Lakers looking impressive. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, joining me on the show. Fez, I know we're getting closer to the start of the NFL season, and I know you're, you're looking at this stuff year-round, but I know as the season gets closer and closer and more news comes out of these different training camps, um, you're looking at, at maybe some, some futures bets, some season win totals. Give me a team or two that you've looked at their season win total right now, and you're going, man, this looks like a really tasty bet right here. Yeah, well, I went on the Detroit Lions over seven wins, and you know, mm. a big part of it is I'm high on the Lions. They uh, were three, four, and one halfway through the year. Stafford goes down. Driscoll and Blau were awful, so I think the Lions are going to be better. And this is very rare, Sean. I don't like anybody else in their division. I think the Packers are massively overrated. I think the Bears are overrated, and I think the Vikings have lost so many guys on defense. If I don't like anybody else in the division, this is the year. Gosh, I don't, I don't want to predict that Detroit could win that division, but I could see all four of those teams heading for 8-8, eight and eight, maybe the Bears at 7-9, and nine, Detroit over seven wins. Interesting. Man, maybe Detroit winning that division is not a bad little side, uh, side wager as well to go with that season win total. If they go over that total, it sounds like there's a decent chance they might be able to, to steal that division. I know that you power rank all 32 NFL teams, Fez, and I know that you power rank all 32 NFL quarterbacks. Here's what I want to ask you. What's the biggest delta right now between a quarterback's power ranking and a team's power ranking, either good or bad? Mostly I'm thinking, though, what, who's the best quarterback that is quarterbacking maybe the, the, the biggest discrepancy of the quality of team around him right now? All right, got to do it from memory because I don't have my ratings in yeah. front of me, but I got to feel Houston because Watson is a top five quarterback in my ratings, and I have Houston a below average team. I don't like the defense for Houston. And I don't like the chemistry of the team, so I would be very surprised if that wasn't the biggest delta. I think their total is seven and a half wins. Um, liking Watson that much, I guess what, what's, the, what's the magnetic pull there if you were to do something with the Texans? Is it all the stuff that you just said about the team separate from Watson, or is the quarterback, especially a top-five quarterback, that powerful enough to where you go, man, seven and a half wins, they should be at least a 500-football team with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Historically, if you've got a top-five quarterback, you win eight or more games. I think Drew Brees yeah. and company a few years only won seven games with a really, really bad defense. But uh, you look at Russell Wilson, and Seattle, frankly, has been depleted in recent years. Seattle still wins nine games a year. So, you know... <laughs> There's a lot I don't like about Houston, and I worry about the chemistry on the team and letting Hopkins go and the like. And their two uh, wide receivers, both of them, are prone to injury, and the wheels could come off if that happens. But I do think that they're going to have to throw, I think, Watson on a prop bet. I'm sorry, I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, to 
play him over uh, pass yards, probably a good prop bet. It's 4,050. I heard you say it on a podcast. It's 4,050 yards, and I, I'm with you on that. I think, I think Watson goes, goes well over 4,000 yards this year, with, in part because they're going to be behind, but he's also got he, – he's no Hopkins, but he's got a ton of weapons out there uh, to use. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, joining me on the program. Fez, I'm, I'm just curious, just in general, with no preseason games, with no joint practices where normally we would be getting reports – of, you know, the 49ers went against the Lions in two or three practices, and here are some guys that stood out. There's no cross-pollination going on of anything in the preseason between these teams. How hard has that made it for guys like you to gather information, to, to form opinions, and to shape those power rankings we just talked about as we head into the season? Oh, very, very difficult because my power ratings have barely budged the past three weeks. And normally you'd be seeing line moves on season wins because of updates like that. And frankly, Sean, if you look at the marketplace, you look at the week one lines, they're not moving at all. And it's because of that lack of or limited information available. Have you gotten down on anything in week one yet? (laughs) Oh, I, I certainly have. But unfortunately, it's just a matter of betting things that the early bird gets the worm where the books put up yeah. lines that uh, just so don't gone. make a lot of sense. Example, I played the Steelers minus two and a half against the Giants. I played the Rams plus three. Um, I played Tennessee Titans plus three against the Broncos. But I don't endorse any of them at the current numbers. Yeah, there you go. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, joining me for his weekly visit. Fez, last one before I let you go. Um, college football for now looks like it's happening with the SEC, ACC, and the Big 12. I know that you look at, at college football pretty closely, too. I guess just as weird as this season is shaping up to be, assuming that there is going to be a season, are there certain handicapping angles that have been added into the mix of things that you would normally look at in college football where you're either assessing teams in going over or under season win totals or you're – assessing things like week one and week two of the regular season? You know, I would look at week one games to go under if teams are going to lead off their schedule with a conference game because, Mm. let's face it, in general, I look under first week of the season anyways, and I look under week three or four when a team plays its first conference game because those games obviously are more important. So the magnification of both along with limited practices, I think that the defenses could be ahead of the offenses and if they have to lead with a conference game, especially in a competitive price conference game like line to 10 or less, I would look towards unders in those games. Oh, yeah, especially in the SEC, too, where all that hard hitting goes on. No, no doubt about that. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, joining me for his weekly visit. You can get him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. It's Fezzik is F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Fez, you're the best. I appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. Sounds good, Sean. Might be the only time I recommend that the Lions could win the division in their history. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.